0: You're listening to the D&B Supply Show Podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, this week we have guests on that could make a big difference to your country lifestyle. We've got two guests coming on from the NRCS, or the Natural Resources Conservation Service, and we are going to talk extensively about a program that they call EQIP, and that stands for... Environmental Quality Incentives Program. Now, this program can be a significant game changer for those of us living the country lifestyle who are interested in farming, raising livestock, whatever that may be. My wife Autumn and I used this program or participated in this program starting in 2013 and it significantly changed the way we functioned on our farm, how we irrigated, how we managed and raised our livestock, and all of the changes were for the positive. Now, if you get qualified for this program and you participate, then the NRCS has a funding source and they will cost share for process and equipment improvements on your farm with you. So just to give you an example, when we participated in this program, we put in a sprinkler irrigation system, which included trenching mainline, putting in a pump, putting in a bubbler, as well as sprinklers and a wheel line on our alfalfa, and the NRCS cost shared with us on that. In addition, I wanted to practice rotational grazing or intensive rotational grazing with our cattle, and as part of their incentive program, they helped me pay for putting in fence on our property, uh, which I could build myself or I could have built. Whichever way I wanted to do it, they cost-shared the price of that fence with us, as well as putting in frost-free hydrants so we would have water to our livestock in the areas that we needed it. There's a lot of reasons to do this. The NRCS, for lack of a better term, and they will explain this during the interview, they're providing you with an incentive to conserve resources in the way that has been deemed best by the NRCS. So they're essentially giving you funding as an incentive to do things in the way that they think it should be done best. Now, this is completely voluntary. This is something that you sign up for. So by all means, if this is not something that interests you, you would not want to go sign up for this. But I did it. I was I wouldn't say skeptical at the beginning, but I certainly was cautious because I was agreeing and signing my name on the dotted line to participate in rules set for me by the federal government. But it has been a great experience, Uh, certainly helped us to develop our farm better and faster than we would have otherwise, and we're practicing really, really good farming practices, both in grazing and in growing and raising our alfalfa here on our farm in Cuna, Idaho. So take a listen to this episode and see if it's something that interests you. And if it is, then go ahead and check out this program or other programs through the NRCS at your local NRCS office, uh, wherever you may find yourself. They have offices or availability in every county in the United States. So you have someone local and close to you that can help you pursue your dream of the country lifestyle, maybe just a little bit better, and it might make it just a little bit easier on you, too. Hope you enjoy the interview. Well, joining me today is Aaron Brooks, a soil conservationist, as well as Morgan Bennett's assistant state conservationist for programs, with the NRCS located in Canyon County here in Idaho. Welcome to the show, you two.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah, glad to have you. And uh, I'll just put this out there right now. This is not the first time Erin's been behind the microphone with me. <laughs> uh, she did she did a show with me a couple years ago uh, for my podcast talking about uh, a lot of what the NR- NRCS does. So really appreciative of that and really appreciative of you both being here and really want to bring uh, the services you provide to the communities that listen to our show uh, because I've found it to be such a valuable resource and such valuable programs I'm really excited to talk about it and and kind of bring it to everybody so what I thought we would do is start off with some introductions just some brief introductions maybe about your history how you found yourself with the NRCS uh, and we'll start with Morgan.
1: Okay. Well, I started actually with NRCS um, in California. I've kind of been around a little bit, uh, California, and then most recently in Louisiana, working with easements in um, with NRCS. And then I've moved here about seven months now. I've been in Idaho working for programs with NRCS, and it is great to be back home, closer to home for me. So...
0: So you're originally from Idaho.
1: I'm originally from Oregon. Oh, okay. Um, went to Oregon State. So, um, yeah, I was originally from in the Willamette Valley. In,
0: okay. From
1: Albany. So, yeah.
0: I can't believe we have two Oregon State people here in this room because I already yeah. know you are from Oregon State. That's or right. Go
1: beeves Yes. Oh, okay.
0: All right. And so, uh, and I'm sorry. How long have you been with the NRCS, Morgan?
1: Oh, I've been with it for about 15 years now.
0: Okay. Very good. Yes. And so, this current position you hold is. Uh, Is this what you started doing or have you moved into this position?
1: Uh, I started out in programs. Yeah. Um, Conservation was my passion. So this is where I wanted to be. Um, And then over the years, I kind of branched out a little bit into easements that we Mm -hmm. do. And now I'm back kind of overseeing all programs, easements and programs. So um, it's great. I, I like this like working for conservation, like working for NRCS.
0: Great. And then what was your background that led you to working and doing conservation work for the NRCS?
1: I grew up on a farm, a small grass seed farm um, in the Willamette Valley. So this has kind of been my life. <laughs>
0: it's the natural fit. Yeah,
1: it's in my blood.
0: Okay, great. Well, Aaron, how about yourself?
2: Well, I've been working for the NRCS for about uh, 10 years. I started out in the Mountain Home Field Office um, as a sole conservation technician doing more of the irrigation design work, um, livestock water fencing design. And then I started in Caldwell about five years ago as a soil conservationist, um, helping farmers and ranchers, um, doing conservation work on their farms. Um, and that's it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, how did you find yourself, uh, going to work and, and doing this type of work for the NRCS?
2: Well, like I said, I went to Oregon State. Uh, I have a degree in environmental science, and um, I was just moving back to Idaho and was looking for a job in conservation and ended up with the NRCS. And, you know, it's a small agency. A lot of people haven't heard of it, but it's a really good agency to work for. So, you know, if you're into agriculture and conservation, it's it's something you should check out.
0: Well, good. Well, we'll Mm -hmm. change that today, right? That a lot of people not hearing about it part. (laughs) definitely. Okay, very good. Well, what in the world does the NRCS stand for? Let's start there.
2: Uh, The NRCS is the Natural Resources Conservation Service.
0: Okay, so why do we have an NRCS? Where did Mm -hmm. this come from?
2: So back in
1: the early 1930s, um, we had the Dust Bowl that Mm -hmm. came through. um, And with the persistent drought uh, conditions that we had, uh, we had widespread crop failure, and also exposed the soils to blowing winds. So, with that public concern there, and also it turned into a national priority. Mm-hmm. Um, President Roosevelt in 1935, he actually created or signed the uh, Soil Conservation Act, which created the Soil Conservation Service, uh, or SCS. Mm -hmm. And that was led by uh, Hugh Hammett Bennett. And then um, since we broadened our scope scope of work. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The SCS, you know, originally they were responsible for um, administering drainage and irrigation assistant programs. Uh, snow survey and water supply forecasting programs and, you know, several other. Um, but in 1994, SES, they decided to rename their the agency uh, to Natural Resource Conservation Service, which better describes our broad scope for the agency mission.
0: Okay. All right. Anything to add to that, Aaron?
2: No, I think that about <laughs> covers it.
0: Uh, you know, there is a fascinating... Uh, documentary on Netflix that I've watched called The Dust Bowl. That's you, a good one. Have you, do you watch that? That's I a mean, really good mm-hmm. one. If you ever have any wonder why this agency was originally formed, just watch that. It's unbelievable what went on then. And uh, dust clouds that blew, I think they said from eastern Montana, like to New York, Manhattan. Unbelievable right, stuff.
1: Right. Yeah, there is a story of um, actually Hugh Hammett Bennett was in Congress in the Senate kind of plugging this whole dust bowl situation. Mm -hmm. And he got a call from his buddies that were more West than he was and said, you know, the dust clouds coming your way to DC. So he actually, while he was talking about this whole situation that they had, Mm -hmm. uh, he kind of delayed and Uh kept talking and talking to the Senate about the issue until that dust cloud hit. And as soon as that dust cloud hit and everything got dark, the Senate was like, OK, we're signing this. This is this is a big issue.
0: So, wow. What, yeah. a, what a prop.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How interesting. OK, well, let's talk about the mission of the NRCS. Now, we're going to get into some specifics here coming up in a moment. Uh, but what I'd like to do is just t- talk about what the mission is. What is the purpose?
1: Uh, so the mission of NRCS, um, you know, our our goal is helping people help the land. Um, so we're providing assistance to the farmers, ranchers, uh, forest owner, forest lands, to help promote the productive lands, and then also with healthy ecosystems.
0: Okay.
2: So basically, you know what we're doing, really doing is we'll come out and talk to farmers and ranchers, look at their operation, and what we do is we look for you know what what concerns they have, what resource concerns they have on their operation. Um, and we look for ways to to help them address those resource concerns and also increase you know, their level of management in order to you know, be more productive crop and pasture lands.
0: Okay, great. And I can attest to that. I've participated and I'm still participating in uh, one of the major programs we'll be talking about today. And it's been a great experience. It's definitely helped us here on our farm. But we'll get into that uh, coming up here in a little while. Tell you what, let's take our first commercial break. And then when we come back, we'll jump into kind of some of the nuts and bolts about the NRCS. Sound okay? Great.
3: When you need to feed every horse in the barn, D&B's got just the feed for every horse at every life stage. Purina Strategy. Whether your horses are growing, breeding, showing, or performing, Purina Strategy delivers the right density of protein, energy, and fat with less starch for more endurance and stamina overall. Get better performance no matter the stage with Purina Strategy Horse Feed. Available at your favorite D&B supply.
4: It's go time for your garden and mow time for your lawn. Luckily, DB's got Toro mowers waiting for you in store. Toro mowers are a household name across America for quality lawn care equipment. At DB, we've got a range of options to choose from from the self propelling personal pace mower for small plots to the zero turn time cutter for larger tracts of green. So if your mower's taken its last pass on your parcel, turn to Toro, available at your favorite DB supply. All right, well, now that we're back,
0: I wanted to ask you about some of the specifics about the NRCS. And I know this comes up from time to time, so I wanted to give you a chance to answer this the right way. Uh, Is the NRCS a regulatory agency?
1: No, we are not regulatory. Um, We're here to assist the farmers and ranchers in the local community um, and provide technical assistance. But we do not do any sort of regulatory
2: yeah, it's all voluntary, so we only help the people that walk through our door and ask for our assistance.
0: Okay, and so just to to clarify that for our listeners, a regulatory agency would be somebody who would have laws saying that you have to do X, Y, or Z, and that agency would go out and they would enforce those laws or those rules. Mm-hmm. In your case, you're here to provide resources and help people, consult with them, uh, get them funding, and that's where that ends
1: right we're helping people um you know get to that regulatory uh level if there's an issue that needs to be addressed we help them get there but we're not regulatory and we're not you know putting law down on their land
0: okay all right well very good okay the program i wanted to ask about today and make sure we covered is equip and that's the one i'm most familiar with because that's the one that we participated in in on our farm here in cuna so one of you if you wouldn't mind explaining what in the world is equip and what does that stand for
2: Uh, equip is an environmental quality incentives program basically what it is is uh, a whole array of different practices that we can potentially cost share on for farmers and ranchers and like i was saying earlier what we would do is come out and take a look at your operation um, and talk to you about your goals and then look at ways that we could help you meet those goals. Um, they all have to be resource-based, so we have to uh, look at a resource concern that we're going to help you address. Um, we can also help you go to a higher level of management. Even if you're meeting a requirement that we would have, we can also just help you go to an even higher level um, than you're at currently.
0: Okay. And this is when somebody walks in the door and they're requesting this assistance. They're coming in saying, I would like this help in one way or another.
2: Right. Yep. The only way we can help you is basically if uh, you walk through the door and something to know is that a cool thing with NRCS is that there is a local field office for every that covers every county in, in the nation. So some offices might... Ca- cover two counties but there is a local field office in your area.
0: Okay and when you say it's resource-based what does that mean?
2: Basically we can't if you don't have an agricultural operation we can't help you set up a farm. What we do is come out and look at your basically resources but what we mostly look at is Saving water, you know, reducing your water use, reducing nutrient losses off your farm, reducing sediment losses off your farm. Um, and then also just incre- increasing, like, we'll look at pasture condition. We want you to have, you know, good productive grasslands. We can help you to do that through different practices. And that's what I mean by resource concern, resource based. Yeah. And, you
1: know, and we also do a uh, wildlife habitat, help you have wild, better wildlife habitat on your property, mm-hmm. entice those animals to come running through your pasture. <laughs> sure.
0: Well, I think that's uh, that's really valuable because uh, a lot of times we, we get away from that habitat uh, in farming, and we get very efficient with farming, uh, but at the cost of that efficiency, we lose some of that habitat. And right. So, you know, for some people that's important, and some people it's not so much, but I enjoy seeing the pheasant and and the mm-hmm. ducks and everything on our place. Uh, it's really something that I enjoy. So yeah, I'm glad Great. to have that. Great. Okay. All right. So the purpose of equip what are we doing? What specifically is the, the purpose, the mission of this program?
2: It's really just to help people to adopt the practices to uh, better their operation. And, and there is cost incentives associated with it. And the And we don't pay 100 percent, but it's just that we want to, you know, chip in enough that that a landowner is able to try something new or, you know, put a sprinkler on their property where maybe they wouldn't be able to do that on their own.
1: Yeah. And also, you know, if if you don't qualify for our programs, we're also here to assist you um, with technical assistance, you know, come out to your place, you know maybe give you some recommendations on how to better your pasture or maybe some clearing for forest lands and that sort of thing. So we're here to help.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and a good example of that would be the intensive rotational grazing, right? Or now something that you hear a lot about that's very popular is the mob grazing. And I don't know, is the NRCS involved in in consulting on uh, mob grazing or still uh, the rotational grazing only?
2: You know, we have specialists, grazing specialists that can really talk about any level of grazing management we've we we do we haven't really implemented a lot of the mob grazing but the intensive rotations um we can help kind of line out uh a schedule for that to to basically just move anywhere between every day to every week um Mm -hmm. so yeah we can definitely give technical assistance and also potentially cost share on those types of of managements
0: right and so what I was trying to make clear is just that if somebody out there would like to move in like let's say there they've got 25 acres of pasture and they're carrying a certain amount of we will use cattle cattle on it right now and they like to increase that number of cattle they're uh, on there they'd like to increase the uh, the health of uh, the microbes in their soil the health of their pasture uh, they can get assistance from the NRCS even if they're not part of Equip or part of a program they can get technical assistance, literature, and things like that from you as well. Right. Yep. Okay. Wonderful. Well, let, let's continue to talk about EQIP for a second. So, uh, who is eligible for EQIP?
2: So, basically, anyone's eligible, like I said, as long as you have um, some type of an agriculture operation, either cropland, livestock, forest land, there's no uh, size limitation, um, so we can deal with two-acre properties and up to thousands of acres uh, on farmland. So, as long as you currently have an ag operation, um, you're eligible, it, but it does have to be, it, we only work on private lands, so we cannot do work on other federal lands or state and very limitedly, we actually do a little bit of work on state lands. So that's not completely true that we don't work on state lands. But okay. for the most, especially for EQIP, the- for the most part, it's private lands only. Right.
1: And yeah. And you also have to have a natural resource concern on your land. OK. Um, that could be either uh, plant health, water quality, soil health or even wildlife habitat, like I mentioned before. Um and then also, you need to have control of the land, either with uh, a deed and you own the land, or you could also lease the land from someone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, just as long as that lease covers the length of the contract.
0: So if you actually have a lease agreement, you don't own the land, but it's, it's written out and it's going to last for, I don't know, the next seven years or something like that, then you'd be eligible to apply for equip to improve the land you're leasing. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very interesting. All right. Well, let's take another break and we'll come back. We'll continue
3: talking about EQIP. Know what food to give your faithful canine friends? D&B knows loyal owners choose Neutrina Loyal dog food for man's best friend. Neutrina Loyal offers high-quality, nutrient-rich food for dogs from the littlest pup to the biggest good boy or girl. Specific combinations are available with no corn, no wheat, no soy, as well as completely grain-free. And each formula has minerals and fatty acids important for an extra petable coat. For your loyal companions, choose Neutrina Loyal, available at your local d and supply
4: know what looks good with a cowboy hat panhandle western apparel and rock and roll denim available at d&b supply over 70 years ago panhandle started putting snaps on their popular gambler style shirt and soon became a runaway hit with cowboys and cowgirls everywhere in the 21st century they formed rock and roll denim too with fashion forward looks and high class jeans that fit any style with designs both classic and fresh get decked out for life in the west with panhandle shirts and rock and roll denim at d&b we're back from our break, and I wanted to continue asking about
0: eligibility for equip. So there's a couple things that I learned when I went through the process. But one was uh, we had an interesting, interesting situation on our place, which is one half of it we were irrigating, and the other half of it we were not. So for one of the programs we applied for, the area that we were irrigating was eligible for that program, but the area that we were not irrigating yet was not. Can you explain why that was?
2: Basically, uh, dry land areas or range ground is definitely eligible for equip for uh, dry land type practices. But if you want to do any type of irrigation related practices, you have to have been irrigating that ground for two out of the last five years and also have a water right. And with Matt's ground, it had a water right. It was just that some ground, if it's been left fallow for too long, uh, we just can't cost share to reestablish irrigation on that ground.
0: Okay. Do you have something to add there, Morgan? No. <laughs> she
1: got it. Yeah. She nailed it. Yeah. Nice job. Yes.
0: Okay. All right. Now let's let's talk about this for a second. So, why would somebody who's listening right now who has some projects they want to do on their place? why would they want to consider coming to the the NRCS and possibly applying for a program like EQIP or EQUIP itself
2: uh, one thing we haven't really discussed is that we do um also have uh, technicians and engineers that work for us so we not only do we help kosher on these pro pro or er, Practices, but we have uh, design knowledge, and so even if you're just not sure what you're wanting to do, you know, you know, you you want to change, we can kind of just brainstorm with you, and 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 we might even do some layouts for you. Hey, let's look at a wheel line or a pod system or a pivot, or you know, we do uh, buried drip systems and any any kind of irrigation or fencing. You know, we will come out and really play around with different layouts and designs for uh, we can cost share on cross fencing and water troughs and just basically we're going to consult with you and and brainstorm with you to come up with uh, a plan.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's basically to help improve your land, um, get the best productivity out of your land. You know, we're here to help. So whether it's with the cost share or if it's just with technical assistance, you know, we're here to help.
0: Okay, wonderful. Now let's talk about, the. we're going to get to the cost share here in a minute. Uh, I'm sure that people want to hear the dollar figures and things like that or the percentages. And, and we'll get to that here in a, in a moment. But I want to ask about this. If somebody does want to receive the cost share from the NRCS, the things that, that uh, you make available to People who are involved in agriculture, how are those people selected? Uh,
2: Equip is a competitive process, so we go through a ranking system. So uh, we only get so many dollars. All the dollars are federal taxpayers' dollars for these programs, and basically, you're going to get a ranking score depending upon how how many resource concerns you're addressing. So. The more things you're doing, wildlife, nutrients, you know, soil savings, the better off you're, or the better chance you're going to have of getting funded.
1: Yeah, and it's a continuous sign-up, so you can come in at any time to apply. Um, but we do have uh, cutoffs during throughout the year, uh, just to help us plan and um, be able to obligate those funds to that contract mm-hmm. um, for this year for Idaho. We had uh, just over fifteen million dollars to help out Idaho all across the state uh, for these practices with Equip.
0: Oh wow! Okay, and so when somebody comes in and applies, you're going to come out. You're going to look at the project they want to do, and you're actually going to score it. Do I remember this correctly? Y-
2: yeah, you get a ranking score, and and you can you know it's all you can see your score and, and work you know and and talk with us about. W- you know, what did I get points for or not? It's, you know, it's a completely wide open process. So and one thing just to mention, too, is, you know, it takes a little time. So make sure to come in. You know, if you're thinking about something for next, you know, it can take a year to get to get a contract. So please, you know, come in early. Uh, let us know you're interested and we'll get you going on it. Um, and it's it's not that that difficult. It's just that, you know, we only really contract once a year. So if you miss that, then you're looking at next year.
0: And if I remember this right, the irony of it is uh, the better job you've been doing farming and conserving resources, (laughs) then actually your score is, is going to be lower than somebody who needs more assistance, I guess is a nice way to put it.
1: For this program, yes, that's, that's a little bit true. Um, You know, again, we're addressing natural resource concerns Mm -hmm. on your land. So if you're already addressing those, you know, NRCS, you know, might not be able to help. I mean, you're doing a good job on your, on your own. So we don't want to mess with that. If you're doing a good job, you know, we'll, we want to stay out of that and let you do your own thing. But um, yeah, if you are having issues, you know, with, Low productivity, um, moving how to move cattle around to, uh-huh. for grazing, you know, that's where we step in and can help you out.
0: You know, I asked you that question and everyone got a smile on their face. I don't want to make it sound like we're giving people incentives to create bad resource concerns on their farms. But like at, at our place, one of the reasons we were eligible is we had a creek running through. And so it, it was a bigger resource concern because of runoff and erosion that could go into the creek and uh, we had a small little wetland uh type area so uh we had these these different concerns and so i think that's what you're we're trying to explain probably is if there are more concerns on your place then you're gonna score higher
2: right yeah and you and like i was saying earlier too just because you're actually w- what we call meeting a quality criteria we we have these quality criterias to decide what resource concerns you are or aren't meeting um But we can go above that. So even if you're meeting something, we can go, if you're willing to go to a higher level of management, you can still get, you know, quote unquote points for doing that. So just because you, you know, or hey, wildlife is one, you know, if if you've got a a crop field and you've just got zero for wildlife if you want to address that then that can you know every little thing there's things you can do it's just depending on what you're truly want and are willing to do
0: all right well, let's take another break and then when we come back, we'll uh, we'll continue on talking about how to make this happen on your own farm. Know
3: how to power through your to-do list of home improvement projects with the extensive line of power tools from Steel, available at D&B Supply. From legendary chainsaws and industry-leading construction tools to powerful blowers and dependable trimmers like the FS38 grass trimmer, available at D&B for just 129.95. Steel tools are designed for reliability and built for the long haul. Get your motor running for whatever project comes your way and pick up steel power tools
4: at your favorite d&b supply d&b knows your feet work hard and they deserve to be treated well that's why we've got a variety of styles and sizes of Dansko shoes to fit every foot Dansko shoes are made for those who spend long days and nights on their feet early on they gained a foothold among nurses and teachers today they're growing their footprint among everyone else who finds themselves on their feet for long periods at a time Give your feet a rest, even while you're on them, with Dansko Shoes. Available at your favorite D&B supply.
0: Okay, so now that we're back, we, we know a bit about how people are selected. We know about uh, the scoring and, and some of the criteria. Now, what about a budget cap per recipient on on an individual project?
1: Our policy for equip is that you can't go over 450000 okay. That's for the life of the farm bill. Each program
2: has different limitations. The organic cap is uh, 80000 in a contract, but it's only 20000 a year. So you could do $20,000 a year for four years, and then you would be capped.
0: Okay. So if you're, if you're applying and saying that you want to have an organic farm, you want to be certified organic or whatever that may be, then the cap is actually lower.
2: Yeah, and but there's a separate fund pool for organic and also transitioning to organic. So, you don't need to be certified. Um, you just have to be transitioning. Uh, so, those dollars are less competitive. So, that is a benefit to you if you're in one of those categories. But yes, you're not going to be able to get more than $20,000 in a year.
0: Okay. So, it might be easier to be selected and to receive funding. But the funding, the caps are lower than, yeah. I'll, for lack of a better term, general agriculture, general farming.
2: Yeah, and and like Morgan was saying, you know, the that payment limitation in, in general equip is very high, so you would very rarely be coming up to the four hundred fifty thousand dollar cap.
1: Yeah, because like Aaron said before, we're not paying a hundred percent. Um, so you know. It's easier to get up to, you know, build on your farm, have more practices because of that at that 450.
0: Okay, I see. And so what you said, there was 15 million dollars for in funding for the state of Idaho uh, this year. Is that correct? Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's spread between each county.
1: Right. So that we have what we call different fund codes. Some of that money was. Mandatory by our national office to put funds towards Um, like our organic program, um, our high tunnel program. Those have certain amounts that we have to fund at a certain level. Um, But then the rest of the money that goes into our we actually do them by divisions. So we have six divisions around Idaho that those funds go into. And um, kind of based on how many applications, uh, what the need is in each area, that's how we decide on you know where the funds are going from the state office. We're helping out to the fields.
0: Okay, got it. Now, can can this dollar figure that you have, and then the cost of projects that people are applying for, can that impact the number of recipients that are selected on an annual basis?
1: Most definitely. Um, we never are able to fund all of our applications. Okay. Uh, just because we are limited to how many funds we have, and there's a big need out there for for conservation on people's land.
0: Okay. So, if if you've got Farmer A that comes in with a project and then Farmer B that comes in with a $25,000 project and there's $275,000 to go around. I know this is really oversimplifying things, (laughs) but how does that work if Farmer A gets selected? Is Farmer B now ineligible because all of your whole fund pool would go to Farmer A?
1: Unfortunately, yes for that year. Mm -hmm. um, It wouldn't make them ineligible. Farmer B wouldn't be ineligible. Um, We just have to wait for additional funding to come through from our national office or they would just have to wait until next year when we can hopefully fund them based on their ranking.
0: Okay. And do you know how many people received funding in the state of Idaho this year? Or, or just maybe just Canyon County, your region?
1: Um, well, so for the state of Idaho, we haven't completed our funding for this year. Uh-huh. Last year, we were able to fund about 167 people.
0: Six hundred sixty-seven state- contracts statewide
1: statewide mm-hmm.
0: okay and I, I'm assuming you don't know the Oregon numbers uh, no, no unfortunately No, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay but I'm in your Idaho base so there wouldn't be a reason for you to but this is we have uh, listeners in eastern Oregon so I want to make sure that we're talking to them as well but they this is they're eligible for this as well you said every county in the United States
1: correct yeah every county in the United States um, just go into your office and apply and we have different uh, funding pools, so um, based on what you're trying to do, whether it's uh, organic or just regular equip, um, we also have a high seasonal high tunnel program, um, and then also a sage grouse in initiative program. Mm-hmm. So based on what your criteria is and what your goal is on your land, you might fall into different categories and be funded. But that's split, you know, nationwide.
0: Okay. Okay, very good. Let's take another break, and then when we come back, let's get into uh, the
4: cost share percentages and things like that. You already know that Honda makes some of the most reliable fuel-efficient cars on the planet, but that's just as true for Honda lawnmowers. The best thing about a Honda mower is it's a Honda, which means exclusive features like the 4-in-1 twin-blade cutting system that results in finer clippings for either bagging or when mulching, actually feeding your lawn with important nutrients. And it also means a highly fuel-efficient engine that's easier on the environment while you're sprucing up your environment. Plus, depending on the model, Honda residential mowers come with either a 3- or 5-year limited warranty. Shop Honda at select D&B supply stores in eastern Oregon and Southern Idaho. Nowhere to go
3: for good looking boots that won't break the bank. For that authentic Western look on a budget, D&B knows that you can turn to Laredo boots. Laredo boots have a loyal following for dealing out that real Western look and feel with detailed stitching and traditional designs from the best of the old West. They're also known to be tender on the feet while saving your hard earned legal tender. Stick out around town without the sticker shock with Laredo boots. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. Okay, well, I,
0: now that we're back, I want to ask you, so how do you determine the percentage of cost share that an applicant will receive once they're approved uh, to be part of this program?
2: We actually have regional teams uh, and economists that come up with our costless every year. We call it a cost incentive and basically what they do is they develop a, an average cost. So let's say pipeline, for example, they'll they'll come up with an average cost of how much does it cost to put one foot of mainline in the ground and then we'll take that dollar amount and then we'll pay, either, you know, 50% or 75% of that average cost. So on an individual basis, it can kind of change depending upon your situation and your project. Uh, We don't take receipts. We don't pay a straight percentage. It's just, you know, we have the cost list on a, we pay per acre or per foot. um, And that, and you'll know that when you sign your contract, exactly what we're going to be able to cover for you.
0: And now this will vary depending on your level of experience and time in agriculture as well, won't it?
2: We have a few historically underserved categories. Um, the, if you meet the requirements for historically underserved, then you get an increased amount of cost share. Um, we have beginning farmer rancher, which is if you've been farming or ranching for less than 10 years, um, socially disadvantaged, and also a uh, limited resource. And we also have a veterans, oh, yeah.
1: farmers. Um, but with the veterans, you have to be a veteran and also qualify under the beginning farmer category.
0: Oh, so you have to be both. both. Both, yeah. So then, how does that work then? If you're already qualifying under the beginning farmer, then how does being a veteran enhance it?
2: What happens with that is if you're a beginning farmer and a veteran, you can your project cannot be screened out. So we have an initial. So we had the ranking that we discussed earlier. And that's that's kind of farther down the road. When we very first come out to look at your operation, we will screen it. And what that helps us do is just find out because because it is competitive, and we only have so much money. If there's not enough resource concerns that we're addressing, then potentially your application can actually get screened into a medium category. You're not you're still eligible, and if we get down to a medium category, you can still get funded. Um, but if you're a beginning farmer veteran, you automatically uh, receive a high priority.
0: Okay. So, uh, an, an additional way of trying to reward and say thank you to our veterans, then? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Now, I wanted to ask you the, the tip, and I know this is going to be a difficult question to answer, but the typical person who walks into your office or calls and they say, We want you to come out. We're interested in being part of this program. What are they looking for? What? Wh- who is this person?
2: Here in Canyon County, we really have two different kinds of clients we have a lot of small acreage uh operators a lot of you know mostly pasture we have but also some vegetable growers and mostly they're looking for a lot of technical assistance you know a lot of brand new landowners not sure what they want to do and and they really do come to us for For our technical knowledge and also for the cost share and just to kind of, you know, get their feet under them as to what they're going to do with their five or 10 acres. And then we also have production level farmers. And, you know, generally they are looking for the larger structural upgrades um, because they're very expensive. You know, drip systems, pivots, wheel lines are very costly Um, large main lines and so they're looking for that that cost share um, and and also our technical assistance and and we do plans for them as well it's just that they're probably really looking just a little bit more for for the dollars
0: okay and if somebody comes in and and they want to change their irrigation system let's say from flood irrigating out of gated pipe to a center pivot The reason that the NRCS would be interested in helping them with that is because that enables the farmer to conserve the resources of both the water, because it's a more efficient way of delivering irrigation water to the crop and the soil, because it's going to reduce runoff. Am I understanding that correctly?
2: Yeah. So basically, you know, a lot of our projects are what we just call flood to sprinkler. So flood of any variety to sprinkler um, of any variety or drip. And if you think about it, basically, when you're moving from flood to, to a drip or a sprinkler system, you're conserving water, you're saving soil loss, and then also you got to think, you know, if you're flood irrigating and you're fertilizing, you're always losing nutrients off of your field. Um, water quality is a real hot-button issue that, you know, we're dealing with, and and it's very important Um we even have special pots of money here in Canyon County uh, specifically to address water quality on the lower Boise River watershed. So that's what the taxpayer is buying. You know, that's what w- that's why we're helping cost share. That's what, what we're getting out of it. And then you're getting a better system and it's easier to manage and you're pr- probably getting yield bump. And so that's basically what you know it's it's a win-win situation
0: all right well what have i not asked you about equip that you want the public to know
2: well i i'd really like to get in a a plug to for soil health um under equip a, a big push the nrcs has had at least the last five years is is a new focus on uh soil health and basically we can also uh, look at your soil look at your crop rotations see where we might be able to Uh, fit in a cover crop or potentially do some reduced tillage. It's just that, you know, your, your structure, your organic matter of your, the life in your soil is actually very critical uh, to your, to your production. And, and it's hard to know because it's underneath our feet and it's something that we kind of overlook often. And, and that's definitely something that we would like to take a look at when we come out to your place. And, and if, you know, and we can cost share on that, too, if, if there's a big no-till drill that we don't we don't cost share on the drill, but we cost share on the acres that you're going to use the drill on or um, a strip-till machine or what have you. So that's something, you know, that we hadn't addressed is, is a soil health issue.
0: And when it comes to cost share, I wanted to clarify as well, Uh, you had had talked about, you know, paying per foot on a a foot of mainline pipe or something like that. Uh, So I'm a very simple person. So for me to simplify it in my own mind, if the NRCS was going to cost share with somebody to put in fence, say for rotational grazing or or to fence off some uh, riparian area or something like that, then if there's going to be 50 T-posts needed. Uh, to put in this fence, the NRCS is going to determine a price per T-post that they will cost share. Is that correct? So maybe $2 per T-post or something. I don't know what, what the price would be, but that's predetermined on your cost list that you were talking about.
2: Yeah. And basically, we're still we would have an electric fence rate or a barbed wire fence rate. But if you get down into the nuts and bolts of where that rate comes from, yes, there's actually going to be a line on there that says this is the cost of this is the average cost of materials as a producer or grower having an equip contract, you're never going to probably see that, but just so that you understand where that comes from, we would, we would do all the labor, all the equipment, all the materials that go into whatever that practice is, and then we make it into a unit of some sort, and then we pay you, usually, we try to shoot for that 50% okay. number.
0: And does that percentage vary depending on... Uh, your eligibility category: new farmer versus uh, more established farmer who's trying to just improve processes.
2: Uh, all the historically underserved uh, receive 25% higher cost share. Got
0: it. I wanted to ask you this as well. I, I've been totally focused on Equip uh, for this show, but it's a very important program, very useful, and uh, honestly. It was very, very easy working with you and doing it here for our own farm. So I wanted to highlight that. But what other programs outside of EQIP does the NRCS offer that would be eligible to people in our listening area?
1: So we also offer a conservation stewardship program. And what that is, it's helping you build on your already existing conservation efforts that you've been doing and hopefully strengthen your operation a little bit. Uh, We also have an easement program, uh, the Agriculture Conservation Easement Program, which has two components under it. Uh, The ALE program, the Agriculture Land Easement Program, uh, which keeps the land into uh, production. So with that program, we're working with our partners um, to put an easement on that land to protect it from non-agricultural uses, but we're still um, grazing, cropping on that land. And then the other component to that is our wetlands reserve easement program, which we work directly with the landowners to put an easement on the land and then help restore it and protect it back to the wetlands that it used to be.
0: This has been great. I think this is a really, really uh, great information for our listeners and you guys are a great resource for people in agriculture wherever it is all every county in the united states apparently so all right even the most northern county in alaska
2: (laughs) i think so yeah Yeah. there's some in alaska too Wow. (laughs) okay
0: all right well uh if i'm ever farming in point barrow i'll keep that in mind all right well thank you both for coming on and sharing this today this has been great
1: thank you you're welcome
0: Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.